Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm standing in a strange back room area in the Fortune Sound Lounge with a member of the Vales. I'd love you to introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Finn Andrews, and I am, yes, the singer in the Vales, as you mentioned. I have never been in this back room before, and it is very interesting. The Fortune Sound Lounge has just done renovations, so I'm not quite sure where I am in the building. Yeah, you can see uh, you can see the inside of the walls, which I quite like. Insulation, cobwebs. Yeah. Yeah. Without further ado, why don't I play a song by The Veils? I'm going to play Axolotl. How would you like to introduce this song to people who maybe have never heard of The Veils before? Uh, well, this is quite a strange one for us. I wouldn't say it was indicative of uh, how we generally sound, but it was certainly a very fun um, experiment, I guess, with these slightly deranged little loops and me howling into a, um, into a keyboard. Um, yeah, it's sort of strange, transformative song about an endangered Mexican salamander. Um, I think it, it writes itself, really, yeah. I'm glowing You just heard the track Axolotl by a band called The Veils off their latest record, and that record's called Total Depravity. I have Finn from the band here with me, and I'd love you to tell me a bit more about this track. About Axolotl? Uh, well, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, Yeah, it's got like a, it's got a nice beat to it, and uh, you know. I feel all those yeah, had so much in each of them. 
I think you should take those years and dissect them and you'll find there is a lot of information within them the, the closer you look. But uh, you should do it later. Yeah. Okay, I picked this song to play first because this record, Total Depravity, was co-produced by LP. Now, first, some people are not going to know who that is, so I would love you to describe LP. LP is a uh, was predominantly a, a hip hop producer and, um, and a rapper. That so, sound you hear is Finn grabbing some gum. <laughs> no, it's cigarettes actually. These are cigarettes. Um, that sound you hear is Finn rolling a cigarette. Yes. I think we can get away with it out here. We're basically in a sort of post-apocalyptic bunker. Yeah. Um, I won't tell, but who's LP? LP, okay. So, well, yeah, he's um, a rapper and a producer, and um, we met in Los Angeles uh, just as we were getting started on this record. And um, he's a very, very interesting, very very funny man, actually. We have um, had a great deal of fun together, LP and I. And um, a lot of similar musical tastes as well, I would say, um, despite coming from sort of different areas of music. So I know the Veils and I know LP's music. And at first listen, I wouldn't think that there's necessarily a lot in common there. So for people who don't know, how about you tell me your favorite LP song? And I'll play that in the background as we talk about this. Uh, well, I think uh, Lie, Cheat, Steal of uh, the, um, the last one, the Jules record, that would be... One of my favorites. Actually, their new one, um, uh, Talk to Me, is pretty great as well. Um, so I'd play, maybe play the new one, maybe that's a good idea. Great man, then I face down in the Vietnam muscle, I cannot style on you. And then I walk uphill both ways to the booth and back, and I wild on you. You think baby Jesus killed Hitler just so I'd whisper? And you're safe inside of these crooks, tap your phone, and I have a file on you. Yeah, that's, uh, but that's what's interesting, I guess. You take two people from these different parts of town and sort of smush, them, smush the brains together and, um, I think because he'd been a fan of our band for a long time as well he was he understood what we were about and wasn't trying to sort of just overtake us completely you know which I think would be the danger if you were collaborating with someone from a totally different area of music um, so I think that's what helped it sort of all blend together and make this kind of interesting interesting um, interesting mix so I read that you guys met outside a bar. I want to know how you have a conversation with such different CVs and decide to work together. How does that happen? Well, it was basically him asking. Uh, it just seemed we got on really well. And uh, he said, well, I'm here tomorrow. We should go to uh, my friend Wilder's house and um, fuck around. That was, that was basically it. It just seemed, seemed a shame not to try something. And Axolotl was the first one we made. And that sort of spearheaded the, the rest of the record, right? So I think we should play another track by The Veils. I'm going to play Low Lays the Devil. So how would you like to say me one or two sentences about that before we hear it? Well, this one's all about the, the, the drums for me. We were sort of messing around with these strange loops and um, getting the drummer to kind of play over these loops and then sort of dissecting them, putting them back together. Um, and then it's just me kind of howling over the top as, as usual. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> That secret you keep Still in your heart as you sleep Old as the lay of the land Cold as all matters at hand Long as the river of song Mad as the world it moves on 
back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard Low Lays the Devil Off, Total Depravity by a band called The Veils. I have Finn standing here with me, smoking a cigarette. So today we're talking about the record Total Depravity. You've said that when you were writing this record, you wrote it nine to five like a day job. I'd love you to talk about that. You can't really tell with songwriters because they're such a cagey bunch uh, in interviews. Um, when you're growing up, you read a lot of. Inter- I read a lot of interviews with different people that I. Uh, loved obviously and um, you try and sort of piece together what they do and how you could you know one day try and be anywhere near as sort of good as these people and something that came up a lot I I realized was this sort of uh, discipline with writing and treating it not just as this sort of free-spirited whenever it sort of the fancy takes me I I moved to my writing desk with my my quill I sort of, it seemed very apparent that's not really what people do at all. Yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, that's been the way for the last probably six, seven years I've been treating it like that. And um, on tour it gets harder, but uh, yeah, the rest of the time, that's the idea. So when you switched over from writing when inspiration hit to writing as a nine to five job, what was the biggest struggle that you faced? Oh, it's just your own mind. Yeah, you're just presented with yourself far too regularly. Um, I mean, in that way, I think it differs from most jobs where I think you're, um, you know, you can sort of distract yourself with other things or just sort of do something. This, it's, uh, that was the hardest thing, I think. You're sort of just sitting in your own com- company a lot and facing up to how much incredible mediocrity there is in you as, as well and having to plow through all these things to find, you know, a little, a little grain of, um, of sort of interest or beauty in there is sometimes a real uh, struggle, you know. But it's something I think... That um, yeah, it, it, it helps the whole enterprise a lot. I think if you're willing to to go into it every day. I think it's time to play an older track by the Bales. I'm going to offer you a choice. I can either play Nox Vomica or you can go rogue and pick something you want to hear. What should we play? No, let's hear Nox Vomica. Yes, I'm always, always keen for that one. It was written in the sort of height of um, of Bush of Bush two. And it's sort of taken on a whole other meaning now, I suppose, in the land of uh, in the land of Trump. So uh, yeah, I think it's um, it's moving with us and moving with the world. Am I living wrong? Do you see a long road with no one on it? And the right of men that you learnt only to forget. You see my sad wife and my high mountain of profit, but you don't care at all. You don't care. Say you know now that they're breeding all our animals insane And the remedy is growing harder to obtain There's a white horse running wild through the switch cane I can hear him now and I feel him frenzy of elimination such an irreparable disintegration my body's twitching with a ready expectation for kingdom come my kingdom what say you lord why is 
the truth of it so hard to unveil Though it's true I never knew what this would entail But from the hands of Christ to the heads of the Daily Mail I'll see you all and I'll raise you Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Nox Vomica. It's a self-titled track off a record by a band called The Veils. I have Finn here from the band. You are now five records into your career. Not many bands make it that long. I'd love you to talk a little bit about the toughest time in your career, and I'll play a track from that era in the background. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, five albums is... I don't know how we did that. And still, a, it's, it's... I felt lucky to make every single one of them you know it's and it's always hard it's never been easy for us it's never been a sort of uh we've always had to prove to ourselves and prove to everyone else that it was worth us making another record each time so i don't know if there's a specific period i suppose when we left uh, rough trade uh, that was um after our third record so the, the fourth record was made very much out on our own that was a hard time i think I was sort of really wondering if if we'd ever get to make another one after that, you know. So before you go on, let's either pick a track off Sun Gangs or Time Stays, We Go. Uh, well, if possible, could we play, um, there's a song called Out From The Valley and Into The Stars, which I actually like the, uh, the Abbey Road session version better of. So maybe we could, um, maybe we could play that if you can track it down. I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, cool. <laughs> had enough of the valley So I took a walk down to Vincent Street Thinking there might be somebody Hanging round there that I'd like to meet But I walked round there for hours And there was no one that I could see No one but three got a flowers All singing on pretty dogs Go home pretty darling You said that was a difficult time because you were between two record labels. So, what's the way you got through that? Like, how did you find the second record label? Uh, well, it was just through carrying on, really. It was. Um, I mean, obviously, we didn't know we were between two things at all. We just thought we didn't have one thing anymore. So it was an odd uh, feeling, and having to sort of. Uh, it was just luck, really. I think when I mean, we just kept going, I think that was it. Really, kept touring and um, kept writing and existing and um, eventually you know someone came along and gave us some money to make another one which is good um, yeah it's always you're always the sword of Damocles is always hanging over um, bands I think and especially today so it's just something you get used to I think and um, and it, it was a big realization I guess that it doesn't really none of that matters actually as long as you've got the spirit in you still and still got the will for it then um, yeah and it'll it'll keep going if you give it time so you've released your fifth record, and that record's called Total Depravity. I read that when you finish each record, you take your dad out and listen to it in the car. For people who don't know, can you introduce your dad? My dad uh, was um, well, he's in a band 
currently still called Shriekback, who've been going for a long time. He was in a band called XTC when he was younger. And uh, yeah, been a, been a musician since since he was a, a kid as well. So yeah, it's always a nice thing to um, be able to play each other our records, I guess. It's a nice thing to bond over. Does that mean there is a quid pro quo where when your dad finishes a record, you guys go out and you listen to one of his? Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, and we, we both sort of, um, I was just singing some backing vocals on one of his new songs the other day. Um, yeah, it's a lovely thing to be able to do. And uh, he has, you know, impeccable taste, which is handy as well. Nice. Well, I think we should play another track off Total Depravity. I'm going to play the track Iodine and Iron. So I'd love you to tell me a bit about that one. Uh, well, this is I, this is a real favorite of mine at the moment, and um, it was one is the oldest song on the record, and it was almost on the well, it was really on the sort of castoffs heap for a while, and um, it got brought back to life. The band brought it back to life, really. Um, yeah, it's a really special little song uh, for us. And it useless to find or to pretend. show this is scott wood your host you just heard the track iodine and iron off the record total depravity by a band called the veils i have finn from the band here with me you were talking before about how the band resuscitated this song i'd love to hear how a band can take a song that was a discard and turn it into a track you love again yeah that's it's a delicate thing i mean there are quite a few songs like that that you give you give them a run and you uh, you play through with everyone and sometimes they just don't catch fire i guess i don't know it's that's yeah, you just have to be patient with them all, I think, and give them 
nothing's ever thrown away, I suppose. You could always use things either for spares or um, you can sort of bring them back again. But it's a, yeah, it's an odd, odd process. But yeah, nothing ever dies, I think that's probably... Was there any one person in particular who championed this song? Uh, yeah, Ubi, actually, uh, our keyboard player. Um, there are two songs on the record, I think, that probably wouldn't have made it. Iodine and Iron and In the Nightfall, which were both songs that we tried a million different ways and hadn't worked, and then just suddenly after, just through sort of sheer perseverance, came together uh, at the last minute. All right, the last song I'm going to play is called In the Nightfall, but this song I was reading you recorded at David Lynch's house. Yes, yeah, that was just a, just hanging out in L.A. seems to bring strange things. <laughs> yeah, so it was just a great, um, yeah, great experience. Um, and added something to that song, I think, um, with the synths in it, you know, have this sort of um, uh, Lynchian quality to them, which was um, intentional at the time. So that sort of kind of, yeah, brought the song to life, the environment that it was made in, which is interesting as well. It may be hard to believe, but there are going to be some people who don't know who David Lynch is, so I'd love you to tell me who he is. Oh, everyone knows who he is, surely. No? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I... There's few people like him in the world, really. Sort of, I can't think of a, a misstep he's ever made. I just uh, there's so much to appreciate in everything he's made. He's one of the great American filmmakers, and um, I mean, I'd start with um, Razorhead or Blue Velvet, and work your way through all of um, sort of the Elephant Man is fantastic, and Mahon Drive, obviously, and um, Inland Empire. And I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know where to begin with him. And I mean, his music's incredible as well. He's like. Um, an incredible painter as well. You know, it's a true, true Renaissance man of uh, Los Angeles. It's amazing. They've said that you're going to be in Twin Peaks, the upcoming reboot of the classic television show that is helmed by auteur David Lynch. You probably can't talk a lot about it. Working with somebody like that must be incredible. So you've done several videos over the course of your career. You've worked with David Lynch now as a filmmaker. What's one thing that you can say about working with him on a technical level that you would only see an auteur do? Uh, well, the thing I was most struck by was less sort of uh, technical, but more just the way uh, the way he is, I think, actually, and the way the people around him are and the way they work. Everyone was so um, very, very warm, and um, I, I wasn't—I really wasn't sure what that would be like at all to 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 work with someone like him. As I say, he was just—you know—is in this just incredible position in the world of being just sort of universally respected and, and loved, you know, and, um, and is still making this great work. I wasn't sure what, um, you don't meet many people like that, I suppose. And you can see actually they're just this, you know, they're this family and they've all worked together for ages and everyone is, there's no sort of pretension or um, um, arrogance with anyone. Everyone's just, is, is making things and, and, um, and, you know, it's still incredibly personable and, um, uh, yeah, I found that just incredibly inspiring, really, to be to be around. Um, yeah, that's what I took away from it most. All right, Finn, thank you very much for spending some time with me today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. We should come hang out in this uh, room more sometime. It's pretty nice. Get a, get a couch in here. See if we can find any dead animals in the walls. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Cool. But before we end the show, I would love you to say a little bit about In the Nightfall, because I'm going to play that now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah. I've, I don't know if I have much more to add on that. It was a, it was a song nearly um, that ran away from us and that we uh, we summoned back again. Um, it sort of it has a strange narrator. This one. It's sort of it's a love song, but 
I think it might be sung by sort of a guy hiding out in the bushes outside the house. I don't know if you should trust the, the narrator entirely. That's my take on it anyway. But it's also it's got a sweet it's got a sweetness to it as well. Thank you very much for being on my show. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Step down to the sound of my radio. Oh, oh, oh.